Today's show is supported by UserList, a customer messaging tool for your SaaS product run by my friends Jane, Claire, and Benedict. More about it later in the show. Hi, everyone. This is Val Sopin. And this is Bootstrapping SaaS. In this podcast, I share my journey to 10K in recurring revenue with ClaireTask.com. So there's a new sponsor in town, as you just heard. And from here on, I will only have one sponsor per show. So there won't be two anymore. Um, so user list will be on for the next uh, few episodes. And I thank them for uh, supporting this show because it does take some time to produce it uh, and then to edit it, etc. So uh, on with the show. Um, it was my birthday this past uh, week. Uh, on Friday, October 11, and uh, I did something different this year. I took a day off from work, which I usually never did. If it was on on a weekday, I would work during the day, and then I would have people over afternoon, etc. So this time around, I sort of uh, took the day off, uh, took my car, and just went for a ride, um, a really long ride, probably about uh, 250 or 300 kilometers, so... I went to see some friends, I went to see my parents, I went to uh, just uh, on the backs, back roads of um, of Kosovo, around mountainous areas, and just drove around, uh, listened to podcasts, and um, listened to nothing at times, just drove and drove and drove and just tried to clear my head, because recently I've had so many decisions to deal with and so many things to talk about and so many things to do and work etc so many conundrums that it really takes a toll on you um, so with that said it was really good day um, yeah so I did that and then come at night I had a, a small get-together with friends etc and I noticed that you know Every year when I blow the candles, I usually ask for something. I have a wish about something I want to achieve that year. Um, every year is something different along the same lines, but sort of different. So this year, the only thing that I could think about was um, just wanting to be still. Um, it's so stressful with a lot of things that we do on a daily basis with work and products and family, etc., so that sometimes you're going so fast and you can't really slow down. If you can't slow down, decisions are sort of made for you and you can't really come up with a solid decision. So I just want to have to be still, you know, have more moments of stillness. It's going to be a challenge trying to do that because, again, you know, there's so much influence from things around us that they don't let us really be still. But if we can do that, you know, that's, I think, key to a lot of success that people um, achieve. And um, I sort of go back to, uh, I was 16 at the time, I think, uh, 16, 15, 16. I was playing junior basketball, and um, we were pretty good, actually. And it was a finals, it was a finals game, right? We were um, visiting, so it was an away game. And um, for some reason, we're losing uh, by quite some points. I think, I can't remember the details, but it was around 20 or so. And it was more than halfway through the game. And um, I remember 
my coach at the time, uh, people around the bench, etc. I was playing point guard and I was one of the main players. And uh, I remember everybody sort of going nuts, trying to, you know, say, I, I remember them vividly, just seeing them jumping around and just yelling my way, just sort of pick up the pace and go faster and not play so slow and that we have to win, etc. And all I could remember was telling them, just, you know, be be cool, be cool, just just let it go. You know, those were the sort of my, my visual sort of... Um, communications with the bench because it was so loud and lo and behold we sort of managed to win that game and it wasn't that we did anything crazy we just you know continued playing as we do just slowly calmly you know with the stillness that you know we were able to turn the game around and uh, every time now that I have something that is really rushing me I go back to that game always and always know that, you know, if I'm still, if I do take the time to think and uh, sometimes not even think, just be, then, you know, I will come up with something, some good decision. Or even if I don't come come up with a good decision, um, I'm sort of letting things go deliberately and having them solve themselves. And usually it, they do solve themselves out most of the time, you know. Um, so... With that, um, you know, reading the book, Stillness is the Key, uh, which is a new book that just came out, and Stillness is the Key, is written by Ryan Holiday. I've never uh, read another book uh, by Ryan or any of his other stuff, uh, but this book seems really good. Uh, it sort of makes you still when you're reading it. Um, sort of has this calming um, effect on you. And it's um it's filled with anecdotes and stories from big thinkers from history and how they managed um, their situations that you know with stillness and you know trying to come up with the right decision and giving themselves enough time to have the decision sort of reveal itself. Um, I'm still at the beginning of the book, sort of twenty thirty percent into it, and it's really good. I I'm trying to read it every night. But sometimes I can't because, you know, there's a lot of things going on with work and and um, friends and a bunch of other stuff that I can't really, you know, be that disciplined to do it. But uh, it's a really good book. I highly recommend it if you have the time to read it. Um, next on my list after that is um, Traction, which I've had on sitting on my, uh, I had bought it like a long time ago and it's been sitting on my computer for ages uh it's a traction by the guy that um made duck duck go is that how it is duck duck go yeah the search engine um his name is um let me see here gabriel weinberg and justin mayer's traction how any startup can achieve explosive customer growth and apparently it's a book that has all these marketing uh, sort of chapters that you can pick and choose and see what works for you. And um, on my birthday, as I was driving, I was listening to a podcast, uh, Fallstack Radio by Adam Watham, who is the creator of Tailwind CSS, uh, which is a beautiful CSS framework if you haven't had a chance to see it yet. Um, and he was interviewing Rob Walling of Drip, who also makes the microconf. And uh, 
runs Tiny Seed, and they invest, I think, a hundred, hundred fifty thousand um, on startups that at least make one uh, k in MRR with the potential to grow to one million to twenty million. I think that's their sort of ballpark um, aim. And uh, Adam does a really good job trying to get um, answers out out of Rob, but also Rob is very generous in sort of um, giving away a lot of answers and what we as you know makers are anticipating in our road so um one of the things that struck out um throughout the show throughout the podcast was that rob was uh talking about channels uh he was always mentioning channels you know the channel of distribution and it got me thinking about product market fit and what product market fit is because when we talk about product market fit or when vcs talk about product market fit is usually you know, trying to grab a big chunk or an entire industry, an entire market. So that's sort of product market fit for them. But usually it could mean a lot different for us makers, bootstrappers, because there are um, markets uh, that we could serve and trying to find that, that fit with your product, you need to find the right channel. You know, the channel that sort of lights the fire under your product and everybody in that sort of market uh, in that industry starts using it. You know, maybe it's a niche market, but I believe that every product has its own fit in a way, considering that the product works good. It is a solution, not just a tool. So it's sort of solving something for someone. Um, and there's always a fit most of the time. And what we need to do as makers is trying to find a channel that brings repeating customers, brings in sign-ups, et cetera, brings people to the door. Um, and channels could be anything, you know, for someone it's Twitter, for someone else it's Quora. Um, it could be a direct calling for someone else or maybe uh, for some product, uh, it is strictly buying booths at different fairs and conferences where dentists uh, go to learn new things, etc. So I think finding that channel that works, that brings in people that could be interested in your product, I think that's sort of the key. And I think more we should find more, we should spend more energy in trying to find that channel that um, brings a lot of new clients, a lot of new interested parties to the door. So you should definitely give it a listen. Uh, it's episode, uh, let me see here real quick. Um, I'm just going to search real quick here for Full Stack Radio. I'll have this on the show notes as well, but um, uh, choosing the right product idea. So it's episode 125 with Rob Walling, choosing the right product idea on Full Stack Radio by Adam Wathen. Um, so I highly recommend that. Um, what else? Um, uh, another thing from that show, which was really interesting, is that if you're just starting out in this SaaS sort of journey, bootstrapping journey, the best thing to do is to start with a one-time sale of something. It could be an ebook, software, a widget. Even if it's a product that you're thinking on selling it with a SaaS model, uh, being a complete unknown. And this is something that I would have loved to be doing back when I started, but I sort of went full in 
into selling it, selling my products as a with a SaaS model. But also you can make a software that you sell it for one time and it's very simple. It doesn't require a lot of maintenance and you set up your expectations right off the bat so people don't expect that you're going to be building something amazing with only $20 lifetime sort of fee. So, um, you know, that could, if that gets a couple of uh, thousand sales, there's your sort of startup money for something bigger. So, you know, one-time sales is uh, something that I would have done if I started again, but I didn't. I started right away. I went into a, into a SaaS model. And, uh, you know, we get lured into SaaS because SaaS is, um, is very beneficial sort of financially where you get to work on your product and your income is quite predictable given that your product is doing okay. And then with that, you can continue growing your product. So that's why SaaS is such a popular sort of model. But on the other hand, if you're an unknown and you make this widget or software or, or this ebook that you can get, you know, a couple of thousand eyes attracted to it, then if you sell it for about $20, $20 you can get about $20,000, $40,000 just right off the bat and then use that money to finance your your big idea and go into the SaaS model. So I really like that. And that you can find more about in an article written by Rob Walling that um, it doesn't have a date. It's called the stair-step approach to bootstrapping. So, yeah. Um, I'll link that to the show notes as well. Um, another thing I want to talk about, and this is very personal, is that sort of my relationship with money. Um, now that I'm taking on some projects and, you know, getting some money uh, through the door, a lot more than, you know, making with Claritas right now, um, it's not really making me happy at all. Um, I like the idea that I'm going to be having some money to um, put off client work for a couple of months and then continue with Claritask. And hopefully I can get Claritask to a point where I don't have to take on client work. But I've noticed that it um, doesn't really, you know, make me happy to be making that money on client work because client work feels so ephemeral and it's just something that you put out there and it's gone. Like you haven't really done anything. Um, yes, you've given value to your client and what they're trying to do with the app that you're building for their business. But, you know, it's not, it's sort of making me numb because uh, here I am not working on this, on something that I really love uh, on Clary Task. And it made me realize that even though I've known this before and I mentioned this in the show that um, Claritask is something that I love to do because I love seeing people and hearing people talk about it, how it's helping them. And that's sort of the uh, the greatest sort of um, gift I have from it, or greatest benefit I have from working on Claritask. And working with clients is that yeah, they're happy about the, the thing that you're making for them and uh, you get paid and that's it, um, which is money, of course. You know, you use it to live and pay off bills, etc. But it's not really, you know, you're not making something of value overall to a lot of people. You know, it's just this one-time thing and you've used all this time while you could have been making something that a lot of people could benefit from. You know, so like it's a case with an app where a lot of people can use the same app and they repeatedly get the same benefit um, as a group from the same, from this one single software that you made. And I, and that's very exciting for me right now. 
so yeah that's that sort of thing that sort of relationship with money is very weird because i'm you know there are people who are excited just by making it which is fine totally i'm not judging it's just that i've noticed that having the cash from client work is not really something that makes is making me happy at all uh the only thing that i i'm getting out of it the only thing that's making me happy is you know just knowing that the project will be done soon and I'll be back on clay task working on it full time at least for a couple of months and also what I'm thinking um as soon as this project is done um I'm thinking of taking out a 30k loan from a bank uh where payments will be around 500 per month in a 7-8 year time period and the idea is to use that money to keep working on clay task and not have that sort of pressure that I need to take on a project once you know the money starts running out but even though i'm saying that and i'm thinking about taking the 30k alone um what i'm going to be doing as soon as this client project is done i have about three months worth of cash to work on clarity task and i am going to try to give it all i've got in two months to uh, sell 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 and see if i can get to 1000k 1000k that's a lot well I, I i take that but what i meant to say was uh 1000 in mrr and if i do that i won't need to take the loan um but if i don't then i'm gonna really be considering uh to take out the loan and then not have the pressure of money every every other month or so uh so yeah um i'm gonna take a quick break uh talking about uh the supporter of this show um user list and um, I have to thank him again um, for supporting today's show. And UserList is a tool for sending behavior-based messages to your SaaS customers. It's great for onboarding users and nurturing them throughout the, their journey. You can also see who your users are, segment them, and see what they're doing inside your product. UserList is much more powerful than building it yourself and less complex than enterprise tools like Intercom. You can start your free trial today at userlist.io slash bootstrappingsass and get 30% off your first three months. So if you go to userlist.io forward slash bootstrappingsass, you will get a 30% off for your three first three months. So it's a pretty good deal. Um, yeah, userlist is quite well designed as well. Um, and um yeah give it a try let me know if you like it and i'll pass it on to benedict and jane and um yeah so back to the show i really can't can't wait to come back to claritask um at this point i'm counting the days it should be about a week or so until i'm back on it fully and the only the thing that makes me uh really uh feel bad is that i promised some of um my users and clients about a few features they've asked about and the good thing is that I haven't given them a specific time when they'll be ready but um, the promise is there and they're waiting for it they're not being pushy about it but they're mentioning it here and there and um, yeah I can't wait to come back to um, to, to Claire task um, another thing I want to talk about is that uh, I've done a couple of uh, different things uh, before Claritask and Goodwerp, um, multiple different, like I've, I've started a conference 
and then uh, a design conference and then uh, let that go, giving it to other people to, to run it and then other businesses and stuff. And one of sort of the biggest regrets uh, is this one one product, one uh, website I had started a while back and it was a sports website. And um, the biggest regret with that is that um, even though I'm friends with uh, the other guys that we partnered to, to run the show, um, we sort of never aligned in our ultimate goals, like what we were trying to achieve. Uh, while my goal was to uh, push it to new heights and not only stay on the website level, I was thinking of you know making a, a small TV channel out of it and radio station, a podcast, etc. And the other partners running it, um, they sort of had the other idea of sort of going slower and just writing the articles on the website and, you know, just doing as they go without any bigger goals. And then it got me thinking that, you know, it's I really regret that because I've invested so much uh, money and energy, etc., and I expected so much more out of it. And, you know, when your values, when your overall goals don't line up with your partners, it's a really tough deal. You know, you can't make somebody... Um, want the same things you want. So if you're amidst picking a co-founder, I think you should, you know, have those things in check of knowing what the ultimate goal is. You know, if your goal is to just write the articles and, you know, feel good about people liking your articles and sharing them and the other partner wants to do something else with that idea, then it's best not to partner at all because then one of you is going to be disappointed at the end. So, you know, being a co having someone as a co-founder is almost like a marriage because you have to have your goals aligned. If they don't align, you know, your values and your goals, then it's really tough for everybody. Um, and it's a recipe for a disaster, honestly, or wasted time and money, etc. So I just wanted to mention this because I was thinking about it earlier before the show and I said you know oh man you know I'm so bummed out about that you know from time to time like I think about it and I'm like oh man like I love sports I wanted to have like this one medium where you know it could be like a really good sports website small channel tv radio station etc maybe organizing small tournaments and stuff but um it never panned out you know right now it's a it's just a website with articles which is it has a following but it's not something that can be monetized that well at this point in time um and uh i started keeping a list of things i want to achieve i guess things i want um and uh, i noticed that you know as i was writing things down i used to do this before i haven't done it in a couple of years but i used to do it before i used to write down a lot of notes and then look at it next day or like a week later and then cross out things and you know just sort of filter them out and not just what is achievable but just sort of what i don't like or what i like and then i did this list the other day and i noticed that a lot of the ones that i had had to do with relationships with people with family and friends and stuff and how i want those relationships to be really meaningful and be really fulfilling because i've noticed that that's like a really driving sort of um that really drives me you know to to do other stuff like work and stuff so you know my goal forward is to uh, really have you know work on my relationships with people around me and just have better more meaningful relationships and then 
I would suggest you do the same, uh, not the relationship part, but just sort of having a list of like hundreds of things and just, you know, jot them down as like your brain pours them out. And then and at some point, just try to filter them on the other day or maybe just leave them there for the time being. It doesn't really matter if they're achievable or not. But what matters is that if they sort of uh, ignite a fire in you, whatever it is, like, you know, maybe you'll have uh, one of the wishes to be a um, um, a movie actor. You know, and then if you think to yourself, oh, well, I cannot be, you know, ever, like logically speaking, but if the idea of it lights a fire under you, just leave it there. Who knows? You know, life is long. Anything could happen. I don't know. I mean, just leave it there if it really, you know, sort of motivates you. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to keep that list going in a new Moleskin I, I got a while ago. Um, just sort of we'll use that for that. Um, also wanted to share with you what I am watching right now. And um, right now I'm watching uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, some older episodes that I didn't get to watch. The thing I like about Brooklyn Nine-Nine is that um, every episode doesn't have anything to do with the previous one. So you can sort of you know watch two, three episodes because they're like 20, 18, 20 minutes each. And then you can leave it off for a couple of weeks and then come back to it. And it's the same dumb stuff that they do. And it's it's kind of funny to have a laugh at for like a couple of minutes, you know, just to like kick back. And the other show which I really liked, but uh, only season one was the one that was really interesting, uh, was The Good Place. Um, and uh, season one, if you watched it, it had that big shocker uh, sort of revelation at the end of it. And the other seasons sort of tried to build upon that, but they ne- really never got to anything. So the last season is uh, running right now on Netflix, and I'm trying to watch. It's still not to the you know to the point where season one ended and the way it was, but... It's still entertaining, and I like the idea of what they're trying to break down with um, life after death and what it means to sort of, you know, uh, live in a good place, etc. I'm not trying to spoil it for you. Just, you know, see if you like it. Maybe you, you want to see it. And another movie that I want to see, which I have been really avoiding because it's sort of a downer, I want to see Joker uh, because I like Joaquin Phoenix, and I've liked him since I've seen him play on Gladiator. And... Um, uh, you know, Joker is sort of the anti-hero that you sort of feel feel something about. You know, sort of. I, I spoke to some friends and they said that you know they they felt sort of bad at times for him and sort of sympathized with him, which is very weird. And that's the reason I want to watch it because I want to see the creativity of the writer and how they made this villain, this you know anti-hero, and you know you as a viewer to to sort of like him. Um, so I think that's very very interesting to see, you know, because you have the classic writings where, you know, the anti-hero is not liked and etc. But in recent years, you know, we've seen a lot of movies with anti-heroes and a lot of times uh, the writers are pushing the boundaries and trying to see how they can have you like someone that is shouldn't be likable, you know. And I think the first one of those was Those Sopranos. Uh, you know, James Gandolfini, he played Tony Soprano on on eight seasons i think it was eight seasons of uh, sopranos on hbo and he was the anti-hero somebody that you should be despising but you sort of um you didn't relate with him because he was so out there um as the leader of the you know mob family etc but sort of like his personal struggles and what he went through and his, his sort of inner demons that he was trying to fight sort of made you um, again, not relate to him, but sort of, you know, 
wanting to know where that thing will end, you know. So um, I think that was one of the first movies that I can remember that tried to do that successfully. So, um, yeah, um, let me see how many minutes I've gone for. Whoa, 27, man, time is flying. All right, so a um, couple other things I wanted to talk about, but I think I'll leave them for the next um, um, next episode. Thanks for listening and talk to you soon.